In the spirit of Thanksgiving, let's take some time to be grateful for what we've gotten from the Chicago Bears this year, even in a season that hasn't had a lot to celebrate. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook, join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk, and make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On the show today, we spend some time to be thankful for different aspects of the Chicago Bears season and remember that things could be worse that there actually are some things about this year that have been enjoyable, fun, worth tuning in for, and worth investing ourselves in all season long and for the remainder of the season still in front of us, both appreciating the things that have gone well and also appreciating the things that didn't go worse. And I think there's a lot of things that could happen in both of those directions that we could take a moment for and say, you know what? It's not been a great season, 100%. No one's here to tell you you should be super thrilled with what the Bears have done this season, but we can appreciate the good that we have seen and and what we can take away from a 3-8 and eight start over the course of this year. Like, there's no questioning this is a bad season, right? But it is still entertaining and, and somewhat meaningful at this point of the season. It, you know, it doesn't have the same kind of meaning when the every win or loss gives you the impact on the playoff push and the postseason and, and this team's chances at winning the division and, and making the Super Bowl and all that stuff. Like, no, the stakes are a little bit different in a season like this. But I can't help but, like, compare it to last season when, you know, at the same mark of the season 11 weeks in, the Bears were 3-8. and eight. And currently, 11 weeks in, the Chicago Bears are 3-8. and eight. Essentially, the team is in the exact same position this season right now in a vacuum right today, as they were 12 months ago, 3-8. and eight. And yet, things right now feel like the games matter a little bit more. Like, there's more to tune in for on Sundays. Because, A, it's entertaining and exciting to watch this team every week, right? What Bears team we're going to get, what Justin Fields is going to do, what this running game is going to do, what these receivers can do, and how this defense is going to continue to to build on what it's done and how they're going to, you know, they, they've done a really good job of stopping the other team's running game. And now they're generating turnovers and young players across this roster elevating and playing. And we'll get into some of those different dynamics across that I just mentioned there in a lot of different ways. But, you know, last year you're sitting at three and eight and kind of just biding our time for the season to be over, right? We kind of knew pretty quickly into that run that like, yeah, this Bears team we can argue about the word tanking, but not trying to win a lot of football games or not able to win a lot of football games and gearing up for as high of a draft pick as they could get. And while that might be sort of partially kind of the case here and there with this team, there's a little bit more at stake in terms of 
Justin Fields having to try and prove himself to this organization or 31 other organizations that he can still be their starting caliber quarterback for the future. You've got Matt Eberflus and Luke Getzey and maybe Ryan Poles all trying to prove that they deserve to keep their job and that they shouldn't be fired at the end of this season. They have stakes and meaning attached as opposed to last year when you're 3-8 and eight, and the Bears, of course, finished that season on a 10-game losing streak. Nine-game losing streak? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten-game losing streak? And it was kind of like, yeah, they're just going to keep losing. And, and it was almost like, why bother tuning in against the Eagles and the Bills and the Lions late in that season? When this season, at three and eight, or I guess last, you know, three and seven coming into the Lions game, it was not a why bother. We didn't think the Bears would win. And to be fair, they didn't. But, like, they went toe-to-toe with an eight and two Detroit Lions team, a first-place Detroit Lions team. This is a Bears team this season that doesn't know how to win those games, but can at least hang in those games. And you look at like the rest of their schedule, Vikings, Lions, Browns, Cardinals, Falcons, Packers, they can hang in any of those six games. I don't know that you can, you're not going to sit here today and predict a victory in all six of those games or anything, but none of those games are like, ah, no, no, no reason to tune in. They're just going to get blown out because this team sucks. Like it's not, it's not that type of season. And there's enough stakes and enough, enough quality, not high quality, but enough quality to make this meaningful, and I appreciate that compared to last season when it's like, get this over with, why even bother tuning in? It's the third quarter, and they're down 21, and I don't want to watch anymore. You know, that that's kind of where it felt like we were last season. And a lot of that just comes down to, you know, Fields having some stakes here and Fields playing well right before the injury and now in his first game right after the injury. Like, that is something that I'm grateful for watching the Bears this season, that Justin Fields... Injury wasn't season-ending, but also that like now he's got a chance to prove himself. There are stakes. There's meaning behind his performances. And it's really fun to watch him play well, like he did against the Detroit Lions and like he did before the injury against the Commanders and against the Denver Broncos. And what we can see from Fields over the next six games here is intriguing. It's exciting. It's a reason to tune in. It's a reason to follow this team and a reason to be like, man, I don't know if we can describe the season overall as fun, but can there be fun aspects of this season? seeing what Justin Fields is going to do. Like you, you, this is still a bears team that you can get your hopes up with. Right. And that's, that's such the core football fan experience, right? You become emotionally invested and you're like, Oh man, they're beating the lions. They're up 12. They're going to beat the first place Detroit lions. Then of course you have your heart broken. But like last year it was like, ah, they're never going to win this game. They're, they're just going to get blown out. Like whatever. You're not, you're more or less kind of disinterested in how the ebbs and flows of the middle of the game are going to go. Not right now, not with this team at this moment. And I'm grateful for that. Instead of having to endure the, you know, the slog of six more games until we can start talking about the draft pick. And so we can start talking about free agency and start talking about the next head coach and maybe the next quarterback. Like, no, there's still a lot to watch at the end of the season. And I'm certainly grateful for that. I'm also grateful that this team didn't just go completely off the rails or get hit with, so much more adversity that they just wouldn't be able to handle and get us to that point where you don't really care about these teams. So we'll kind of go through what didn't go wrong or what hasn't gone wrong yet in ways that I certainly appreciate in this thankful time of year. Next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to get tickets for all of your favorite live events. Of course, sporting events across the board in your area, not just Chicago, but across the country. But then they've also got theater shows, comedy shows, live music, concerts, 
you name it, they've got it at game time. If it's, if it's live and happens at a venue somewhere, you can get tickets for it with, with game time. But of course, Bears tickets as well. I look ahead to the next Bears home game, Lions at Bears, December 10th. Got a deal right now for $133. Sit in the upper deck there at Soldier Field. And with the app, you can see your view from your seat so you know exactly what you're going to get with your money. And they've even got deals in the lower bowl right now for under $200 to sit in the lower level of Soldier Field for that Bears-Lions game. There's some really great deals. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem our code LOCKEDONNFL to get $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. There was a point early this season when it felt like everything was going off the rails. Chase Claypool kind of called out the coaching staff a little bit and felt like he wasn't being used properly, ends up getting traded. Allen Williams, defensive coordinator, resigns from the team, personal issues, family issues, HR stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Team doesn't really know what's going on. Team doesn't really say what's going on. We still don't really know exactly what happened. It's not publicly. Nothing has been come out and, and confirmed there. There was a stretch in that same couple of weeks where – uh, was that when Tevin Jenkins went on injured reserve? A couple, or no, some one of the offensive was it Braxton Jones went on injured reserve? A couple guys got injured around that time. It was Braxton Jones, I'm pretty sure. And there was that moment where Justin Fields sort of seemed like he was calling out the coaching staff and then clarified later he was not calling out the coaching staff, but still kind of felt that way. All in the span of like 10 days, if that. And like that was a time when it felt like this entire season, this regime, this organization, could kind of implode from there. Everything was swirling. The team was was starting out a lot slower than they were supposed to, of course, and you kind of felt like that was where things were going to end. Of course, they lose to the Chiefs at that point, and like, wow, this is totally off the rails. This team is a disaster. How are they ever going to recover from this? And you might not think that 3-8 and eight at this point is recovered well from that, but it did feel like they kind of stabilized from there, right? I mean, they they lost to the Chiefs. They were kind of expected to lose the Chiefs. They, they have the disaster against the Broncos, but they beat the Commanders and played really well against the Commanders. And and they beat the Raiders and, and they beat the Panthers. And not that those are like super impressive wins, but right, this isn't a team, like we're not still talking about the off-field controversies with this team, right? The, the adversity, if you will. We're not still talking about, I mean, they even had the running backs coach fired for... HR personnel type issues a few weeks later. Like there, there have still been little, you know, spattering, sp- sprinkling spatterings of controversy here and there. But like, especially since the trade deadline, like once the Jalen Johnson, you know, demand was out the window, like across the board or like at each of those off field controversy points, it never fully broke the team. It might've held them back. You know, it certainly didn't help them win more games per se, but you never had the locker room, you never had the coaching staff lose the locker room, right? You never had the very visible blow up on the sideline. You don't have the leaked reports to the media that Matt Eberflus has lost the team and that, you know, they feel X, Y, or Z about the coaching staff or whatever. Like for the most part, despite the lack of winning and losing, this team has pretty well stuck together. And it could have been really easy to just 
kind of mail it in and say, gosh, this team is a disaster. Nothing ever good is going to happen for the rest of the season because of how much crap was swirling around this team. Like it, you know, like, like I compare it a little bit, not in terms of off field issues, but like I just compare what, what we're seeing now at three and eight to what the Carolina Panthers are at one and nine, where they're in the first year of their coaching staff. And again, they don't have the HR off the field issues. That's not exactly the point with the Panthers, but just like that team's a nightmare right now. That team is a disaster. They're talking about firing the staff after before they even finish their first season. And they drafted a quarterback number one overall and doesn't look like he's the guy. Obviously, like way too early to write Bryce Young off. But like there's certainly concerns about whether or not that was already the wrong pick for them, which uh, probably not. But, you know, bear with me here. And the Bears are just not are not that right. They're not that level of franchise dysfunctional disaster right now. Like they're very bad. And they're dysfunctional. And obviously, they're losing games in historic fashion. But Carolina Panthers fans go into every single game feeling hopeless. Like, yeah, what are we going to do against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday? I mean, they couldn't even beat the Chicago Bears. You know what I mean? Like, what are they going to do against the Titans and the Buccaneers? And They look at the rest of their schedule and say, I don't know if they win another game with how bad they've been playing. Like, sure, they could beat... A, bad Titans team and they got the Buccaneers twice in there like division games always have stuff but like they might not win another game and they might not have hope of winning another game and like we just talked about that's not the case with the Bears but it feels like it could have been when everything was going so poorly early on in the season when it wasn't even the on the field stuff that we were the most concerned about be although we were also concerned about what we were seeing on the field but the off the field stuff did not break this team we also haven't seen injuries break this team I mean, obviously they went two and two with Tyson Bajan, albeit playing at least two very bad teams in that stretch. But we, we, but like more generally, the Bears have not had the major season-ending surgery with an important player knocked out for the year. Everyone who's gotten hurt this season has come back. Everyone like important, I should say. I think Joe Reed, the wide receiver, is still on injured reserve. But like, as this team sits right now, they're as healthy as you could possibly hope. In entering week 12 of an NFL season. I know like guys might be on the injury report and Tremaine Edmonds is not playing hundred percent of the snaps as he's still recovering from his injury. Like guys are banged up, but you don't have these glaring absences of injured players. And that's something I think we can be grateful for. Like we've gotten to see, especially against the lions and now moving forward for now, a fairly full strength bears team at this moment. They certainly had injuries, right? We're not ignoring that field was on IR or was, was out for, four or five games in there, four and a half games, whatever it was, and that Braxton Jones was out and that Tevin Jenkins was hurt for a little bit in there and that they have had injuries. It's not to say, oh, wow, they've been so healthy all season, but it's the fact that none of these injuries have been devastating. None of these have been catastrophic in terms of severity and length of time out where, man, it's too bad because we're just not going to be able to get to see that player anymore this season to see how they continue to grow and develop in this team, like especially the young guys on this roster, the guys who have gotten hurt are back now. And they're showing us that growth and development, or they have the opportunity to, you know, like Braxton Jones. We want to see what he can do. Justin Fields. We still want to see more of what these players can do, and they need to be healthy in order to do that. And I think it's important that we appreciate that and not take that for granted, how healthy this Bears team is. Again, it's not winning your games. I'm not here to tell you, like, you should be super happy with what the Bears have done this season. More so that, hey, it's Thanksgiving. Let's be grateful for 
the silver linings we can find in what's otherwise a bad season. And we kind of talked around a little bit, but like young players developing, improving. Is it too much to say playing well, but maybe trending in the right direction? And some other things generally going well for this team on the field, even in games that they're not winning. We'll kind of look at the, the developmental process here and some of what that might say about Ryan Poles as well as the Bears general manager next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the better way to do daily fantasy sports because Prize Picks puts you in complete control. Unlike the other daily fantasy platforms where you know you're setting your lineup against thousands of other lineups with, with pros and sharks that are you know you have to get first place to win any kind of real money in that daily fantasy battle. No, 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 no. With Prize Picks, it's you versus the projections available. Prize Picks sets a number: passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards for a player, and you decide whether they will perform better or worse than their Prize Picks projection. And you can win up to twenty-five times your money just by picking two to six players and how they'll do versus their prize picks projection. It's a lot of fun. It can give you a little bit more at stake, more reason to tune in and enjoy and follow along with the game and see how many yards does this guy have and how does that match my prize pick. You got to try it for yourself. It's a lot of fun. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use our promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It's an extra 100 bucks to play with at prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Not only has this bear season been entertaining at times with with some stakes and some meaning over the final stretch of this year, not only have they been healthy and avoid the implosion, but even in the loss and even in losses, and I'm not trying to make these moral victories, but there have been things this team has done well and things this team has done well consistently over the course of the season. Like I think your average national you know, NFL fan who doesn't watch every Bears game but keeps up with the NFL, would not believe you if you said the Bears are top five in rushing offense and rushing defense. They're fourth in rushing yards accumulated on offense, second in rushing yards allowed. And they are number one in run defense in terms of yards per carry allowed this season. No team has been more holistically better at stopping running backs on every play than this Chicago Bears defense, which, by the way, ranks 29th in points but number one in yards per attempt given up on defense. That means something. They're top 10 in yards per carry on offense as well. Like this team has done some things well, right? You don't go into this game thinking, man, the Bears can't do anything right. This sucks. There's nothing to watch for here. They go into this game and generally run the ball well, consistently when they stick to it and generally stop the run very well. And teams have not been able to really consistently run all over them all season. The Lions really were the best at it that we've seen since about week three against the Chiefs. But in that Lions game, this Bears defense also got four turnovers, right? Like they're doing things that are, can I say impressive? Is that is that too strong of a word? Like they're doing things that are, I mean, I think that adds to the entertainment factor. It's like, yeah, part of why these games are fun and you could get emotionally invested in them is because they do actually do some things well and are actually Again, Im- impressive in in some aspects of football. And I think the Lions game was a great example of that. Like this team dominated, question mark, for three and a half quarters, or at least played very well for three and a half quarters and did a lot to really like in that game. And that's that means something, even if the loss 
detracts like the in-season results meaning of it, it makes it an entertaining game for us. And at the end of the day, that's what we tune in for is entertainment. Like, yes, you know, you want them to win and you want them to become the best team possible and all that stuff. But like at the, at the end of the day, you don't sit down on your couch on Sunday at noon and tune into the Bears unless you think you're going to be entertained and care about what you're seeing on the TV. And this Bears team does do that. They're also doing that via young players stepping up and, and seemingly playing well or or playing like they're on the right track. Like particularly Ryan Pace's or Ryan Pace. <laughs> there we go again. Ryan Poles is rookie draft class this year. Darnell Wright looks like a, the part at right tackle. He's playing well. Has his ups and downs, doing a good job. Jervon Dexter, really the last three games, he's been at his best. He's been generating pressure at a high rate and is flashing more and more and more. Tyreek Stevenson got, finally got the interception. Didn't allow any catches against the Lions. Like, of course, those guys have all made mistakes and have all had moments where they look like rookies. But for three top 60 draft picks there, all three are certainly on track, right? There's not an obvious bust in this rookie draft class so far. Whereas, like... Last year, we kind of could tell fairly quickly that Bayless Jones might not be yet. Like, we had patience for him, but pretty right away, it was like, oh, wait a minute. There's a there's a little bit of a question mark here. And, like, as you go down the draft class, like, Roshan Johnson has looked good. Tyler Scott is finding a role in this offense. Terrell Smith is getting playing time on defense here and there. Like, they're, these young guys are playing either meeting expectations or exceeding expectations for where they were drafted at this point. And same with other young guys that aren't just rookies, but, like, Braxton Jones looked all right. In his first game back, still, you know, got to see how that goes the rest of the season. But, like, there's some stuff to like there. Talk about the guys in the secondary. Obviously, Jalen Johnson playing well. Kyler Gordon hanging hanging in there just fine. Jaquan Brisker making some plays here. Like, sure, none of those guys are perfect. None of those guys have been, I mean, besides Jalen Johnson, none of those guys are playing at, like, a Pro Bowl level, per se. But, like, none of those guys are, are playing at, like, a super concerned, like, that pick's not panning out. That guy's not any good. The Bears got the wrong guy there. Like a lot of these young players, we can debate whether you might still want to try and upgrade over them long term, but you're not really seeing busts in the young players across the board on this Bears roster besides Valus Jones right now, which again is fair. It's fair criticism, but if you're talking about w- one missed draft pick in terms of the ones with any sort of significance, in ter- we talk about like top one miss on top hundred picks or top 150 draft picks over the first two years of Ryan Poles. Like you miss one out of those. That's a pretty good rate for a general manager. Again, doesn't mean all these guys are hits, but they're, we're missing the obvious miss at this point besides Bayless Jones. And to me, that's a pretty good rate and something that gives us a reason to watch these games, gives us a reason to be grateful for this Bears team that there is progress among the young players. Even if maybe we want more progress from some of them, they're not failing the test. They're they're passing the test. Maybe they're not getting A pluses, but they're not getting Fs either. And that's something that we can appreciate in an otherwise bare season that has had a lot of Fs in it. You may have had a lot of Fs on your couch watching the game at home. Right? We may have all let out a lot of Fs over the course of this season. But but there are things we can pull from it. And I just think, you know, when we try and when we think about Thanksgiving and sitting around the table and being around loved ones and, and being grateful for what you do have. Versus, you know, getting upset about what you don't have. Like, this Bears team gives us a lot more to be grateful for this season than they were last season and in other seasons in recent memory. So, let's appreciate it. I hope that message of positivity can resonate with you. I know this is Wednesday podcast. Thanksgiving will be tomorrow as it's coming out. But, you know, as the as the week goes on, we're not going to have a Friday podcast because we record the day before. So, Thursday will be crossover Thursday. That will come out on Thanksgiving. I'm not going to be mad at you. 
if you wait until Friday to listen to it. Like we love our everydayers to tune into Lockdown Bears every day, but I'm basically taking Thanksgiving off to not have a Friday podcast. So I will allow you to take Thanksgiving off as long as you make sure you do still listen to the Crossover Thursday podcast when you get a chance. It's a really important part of supporting the podcast is just tuning in every single day because that's what we do the podcast for is for you to tune in. And if you weren't tuning in, we wouldn't have a reason to do the podcast. We do this to help you with your Bears fan experience and hopefully be a little bit more grateful for it on Thanksgiving Day. So I hope you've enjoyed and found some gratitude within this process. Please subscribe to the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, especially if you're grateful for having the Locked On Bears podcast this time of year. I'm grateful for you tuning in, whether you're an everydayer who tunes in five days a week or whether this is your first time ever listening to the Lockdown Bears podcast. We appreciate you being here. I'm thankful for you tuning in, and I hope, I hope even on Thanksgiving, you can find an opportunity to bear down.